G'day and welcome to the fifth quarter podcast, episode 15, goal review. Gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Once again, I'm here with Brent. The West is better than Western West Coaster. And Ben, that we beat the Blues bomber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes, finally. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, kick off, we'll kick off today's episode talking about what we always talk about, which is the tipping. Uh, so it was a good round by most people, uh, with a few people on seven, namely Ben, myself and Paul. You. Um, the margins were pretty far off, because I think everyone kind of lent on the side of Richmond belting the kangaroos. <laughs> Not the other way around. <laughs> yeah. It was funny, I almost tipped them though, when I clicked Richmond, I was like, should I tip North? And then I think it was, ah, Richmond by like 50. <laughs> so I just completely backflipped on yeah, doubting the, myself. The, the closest we had was someone got uh, 27, and that's because they tipped North just to win. Um, but we did have six people get six, so we had a lot of us Nine people get six or seven. Uh, that brings us to a total with Paul still out in front, uh, myself in second, Ben in third, Raj has dropped to fourth, uh, Justice Armour, Justin Blades, fifth quarter Brent, Ashley Baker, Michael Jobbo, Sexy Stone, and Bree Clark hasn't tipped for a while, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you there, Bree? Hello? She's, she's falling she's off the pace. <laughs> <laughs> as, as always, we're proudly brought to you by Podcast Central and Survival First Aid Kits. Just like North Melbourne and Carlton, Survival First Aid Kits are also having an end of financial year clean out. <laughs> <laughs> With 50% off their products. <laughs> They've helped millions of customers worldwide to be prepared in their workplace, in the family car, the four-wheel drive, the boat, the caravan, and many other situations to react when something goes wrong. So that's Survival First Aid Kits. Uh, remember to use the code Quarter, all one word, at the checkout to claim 10% off when you go to survivalfirstaidkits.net.au. So Survival First Aid Kits, experience the survival difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Which brings us to the round just gone. Uh, we'll jump straight into heroes and villains. I know you guys have probably share a villain and you're probably quite passionate about it, particularly Brent. So who wants to kick us off with the hero and villain um, for this week? I'll let, I'll let Ben go first. Right. I was going to put a list of names together, but I didn't have time, so I'm trying to find one to <laughs> no, you're right. pretend like I do. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the villain that, that I picked out first, because um, I do have another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 quite a hate-filled man, um, but my hero uh, at the start is very biased, um, and it's Dylan Clark for the Eston Football Club for the tremendous job he did on uh, Carlton's Patrick Cripps. Um, kept Cripps to his lowest disposal count in like two years, in eleven, um, whilst getting. Uh, 23 disposals himself at 78% disposal efficiency. So, well done. That's a worthy hero. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I quite liked that. Um, and... So, uh, yeah, he, he, it was half and half. So, he was, you know, in the defence half the time, in the forward half, half the time. Um, he laid 10 tackles. I'm pretty sure eight of them were on Patrick Cripps. Um... <laughs> With or without the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. the ball. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and that was his first game back for the season. He'd been in the VFL, like, as Wusher would say, playing his trade, uh, for this very reason. Um, so it looks like Essendon might actually have a tagger for the first time in, like, five years. Um, we did give you Ryan Crowley. Don't forget you had him for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> a bit past his prime. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair call. Yeah. Um, and we, I mean, we had Heath Hocking for a little bit as well, but he never really had a prime, I don't think. So <laughs> yeah, he was one of those players that just wasn't very good. So why don't you just play a shutdown role and then yeah, you know, you'll, you'll kind of ca- kind of like if 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 I can't play well, I'll take you with me. Kind yeah, of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he did the job, so you know. But Dylan Clark, you know, <clears throat> kudos to you. Uh, my villain this week, though, um, still kind of is about Carlton in some regard, but this is more Collingwood, um, and it's, well, Collingwood have passed. Uh, Mickey Moldhouse. Um, first off, congratulations for getting into the Hall of Fame. Well done. Salute to you. Um, but the comments he made after the facts in relation to Nathan Buckley 
and it's that whole coaching right. thing. And yeah. yeah, my my gripe is that it's it was that was when twenty eleven. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long. It's time. nearly a decade, mate. Um, not to be mention. like Frozen and let it go. Not to mention the succession policy was introduced in like 2009. Yeah. With their, their understanding that he'd step down at the end of 2010 or 2011 and yeah. refused yeah. and then blamed Bucks. And he did yeah. get a coaching gig elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like and he, he sort of they sort of let him win a flag. Yeah. <laughs> and then he blamed Nathan Buckley as if it was Nathan Buckley's decision when it was arranged the entire time. Yeah. We'll bring Bucks in to learn from you and then take over. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'm fine with that until he takes over. Yeah, no, I don't want to. I don't want to take over. I mean, I, mean, I quite like what Buckley said as well about the whole situation. He said, I've got, I've got great respect for Mick in some areas. He's always been himself. He's never really cared for what people think of him. Rat cunning, a master manipulator, and got success from that and all credit to him. So he's already he's like so he's like yeah well done but you are manipu- you are such a manipulator <laughs> he's and, a swipe on the way yeah exactly it's and just, it's that's coming from a guy who's been pretty diplomatic yeah but he just refuses to talk about it no I think oh, this is no. the most I think because he didn't have, he follows the sort of I didn't have anything nice to say so I'm yeah. not gonna say it I think yeah. this is the most frustrated he's been publicly about this at yeah. all and it's probably because it's like dude please yeah. Again, it's been close to a decade. Just get over it, Christ. Yeah. And the less the less Buckley buys into it, the better for yeah. him. The better he yeah. looks. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He probably doesn't. Just answering questions that yeah. are thrown at him. Yeah, yeah. So that's your that that's hero the villain. Yeah, Do you yeah. want me to go, Brent? So yeah. you've got a chance yeah. to. I'm still trying to um, find a list so I can pretend I wrote. <laughs> I'll try and squeeze every second out of this one and I reckon I can do it because uh, speaking of seconds uh, there's one bloke who knows how to use them wisely oh, he, he takes the final few and then he just gets me real excited he's Dom Sheet <laughs> he kicked a ripper goal on he, did, <laughs> he did he did it's Sonny Walters so Michael Walters anyone that's been hiding under a rock for the past fortnight <laughs> kicked a point to win the game and then kicked a goal to win the game Two consecutive weeks. His time management must be impeccable. Like, oh. just knowing exactly when to... He's better than a snake striking. It's just <laughs> the well, timing. The thing I liked about it was... It was just... Um, I mean, in, in, in the midst of... I think it was my villain two weeks ago... Where I was talking about terrible goal kicking. Yeah. And then there's comments about... Um, I think Gary Lyon had called out terrible goal kicking and Bucks had said about it's because of fatigue and all this stuff Sonny Walters did it with just moments left on the clock mm. two weeks in a row yeah. well to be fair that, he's the done fair. it half the time because one of them was a behind yeah. but it but was that's a all winning he, behind that's all he needed and he, he won a game and he, he flushed it true. he that flushed it and for one there's a psychological pressure of winning a game take into account the extra fatigue that they're claiming is a massive factor which mm. I don't buy into because Majacek missed a shot within like the first three minutes of the game from mm top of the goal square so mental fatigue maybe because they're so stuck in their own head i'm not sure how fatigued he could be but i i was just absolutely in raptures as i drove down the freeway on my long weekend i um i tuned into sunny Wallace. i apologize on behalf of nathan for everyone who was on said freeway when that was occurring <laughs> yeah i can't say i was paying too much <laughs> to what was in front of me so that was one one hell of an effort from from a guy who um yeah, he just does his job every 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 single week. And I think the thing was, there's been a lot of talk about him being contender for All-Australian when he's the only player but besides Gaz who's getting 20 disposals a game and a goal and a half a game or something. So, um, yeah, that's probably enough about Sonny. Yeah, sun's shining on him. Um, my villain actually involves him as well. <laughs> and it's probably what everyone's been um, talking about. Not gone. Not, not the five... Uh. No, mongrel torpedo um, it's more the goal review and being no good. so just incompetent with what they're doing mm-hmm. I, I, it favoured my team and it still infuriates me because usually it goes against my team yeah <laughs> so I've got to be on both sides well it kind of sours the win as well yeah oh. well that, that one in particular obviously we're talking about the Chris Mayne touch that wasn't on the line. Yeah. 
that was clearly touched, but they didn't review it. They reviewed the goal, but on the line, on the line. didn't look at where it was actually touched. Yeah. yeah, that was halfway through the game, so it doesn't. Even though yes. they won by a goal, it doesn't matter. And it was halfway through the game. And the, it's it's that, irrelevant. Yeah. And the thing was, they were. I think Collingwood were nine points in front with the, yeah. in a couple of minutes to go in the game. Exactly. So yeah. It wasn't. It didn't lose them the game. Collingwood lost them the, the game, or Frio won the game. Whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, sort of like how they lost. But the I don't like. It happened twice. <laughs> It happened twice. In the same round. Yeah. In the same round in the space of two days. Yeah. Um, was it Bontempelli touched? Yeah, Oscar Allen's Oscar kid. Allen's and then they only reviewed it reviewed the line. line. After they'd just spoken about it. So And all the West Coast players were standing around like, no, it was just touched off mm. Oz's boot. Yeah. They were all standing there like, oh, I don't think it was a goal. And, you, and, and then you, they went through and they're like, no, not. You even see, you see Oscar Allen, he's not celebrating. He's yeah, kind no. of just standing there like, oh, okay. And... I don't know. It infuriates me with a sport where we have this focus on, oh, this is going to fix the the errors that I guess the umpires can't necessarily see every time, and they still can't get it right. They and can't. They made this huge deal about AFL Edge, the Snicko. Yes. <laughs> they haven't even used. No. And yeah. they can't even actually what like. They can't use it for touched balls. Uh, yeah, even though there's take that out know, of forty angles of touch um, balls. Yeah, <laughs> but like, like balls. Not all of those you want to say. <laughs> touch balls that are not on the line. Yeah, that are like stupid. Yeah, but then you look at like different codes or different sports. Hawkeye and tennis is incredible, yeah. and it works beautifully. Yeah. Um, why can't we just? There has to get be a bunch a of capable people. You look at yeah. You look at cricket as well. The amount of technology. I think. The ball tracking was Hawkeye. They've called it ball tracking now. Yeah. Um, when that came in, that was sort of revolutionary because it was just cricket and tennis, I think, that were using it. Yeah. And then, you know, they found that there was gaps with Snicko, so they introduced more technology, so they brought in the hotspot. Yeah. Mm. And they use every single one of them, and they move through them in a particular order yeah. yeah so if there's an LBW call and they're not sure if it hit the bat they'll go right back to the start oh was it a no ball because if it yeah. was a no ball it's irrelevant and yeah, then they yeah. move through each one in order and yeah. even if one semi confirms it they move to the next one whereas the yeah. AFL you see them sometimes they spend 60 seconds on something that was very obviously touched yeah. you see the a player's whole hand move backwards yeah. and then they're like oh I'm past call yeah, yeah. it is interesting like cause I, I kind of thought Initially, oh well, cricket has the advantage of that. It does. It's a game that takes a long time, so mm-hmm. you can take a, lo- a, bit, a bit of time to review everything. They don't. Sometimes they've, you know, it's twenty seconds. And I echo. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it comes down. But then, that, on the the adverse of that is that, yeah, like sometimes, well, actually, majority of the time, football's taking just as long. Yeah, well, you can't, have, longer, you and can't then... have it both ways. Mm-hmm. If yeah. they want accurate technology and they want accurate reviews, the game is going to take longer. I would, I would they don't happily, want the game to slow down, don't <clears throat> I would happily sacrifice a minute of a game to not be filthy about it for the next week. I think mm. instead of having goal umpires review it at the time, they just call it what it is, and then the officials upstairs can review it as soon as anything has happened. Mm. Yeah. So, like in the NFL, team scores a touchdown. The other, they, the touchdown refs don't review it. They call it a touchdown, and then it's reviewed mm-hmm. before play starts again. So you'd cut, you'd lose half the reviews because goal umpires would just be forced to make a decision, and then mm-hmm. who cares if it gets overturned? Because mm-hmm. it would, might anyway if you call it. Yeah, yeah, yep. Goal line technology. You're my villain. It's so the AFL. Again, <laughs> yeah. Just a quick add to that: is has there ever been another time in any other season where, or not time, but any other season where the AFL players on both teams have so frequently just stopped and been confused by the results of the yeah, other? It seems to happen every second week. Yeah, it's insane. And it's funny because because they're so petrified of playing the ball now because an umpire might make a decision and they don't hear it so yeah. they, I didn't hear it and I'm told to play the ball and then oh it's two 50 metre penalties and the other team scored a goal mm. yeah. so they all just the safest option is to just stop yeah <laughs> and it's funny because like you got you got the commentary teams from Fox and, and Seven 
who are essentially there to call and sell the game to an audience. If I was someone coming into the AFL watching it on TV and you hear half the time the commentators are completely perplexed at what's going on on the field, yeah. you're kind of just thinking, well, does this sport yeah. even know what it's doing? doing? Yeah, yeah like, even commentators don't know what's going on. Name me a sport where the commentators are doing it just as much as the AFL. I dare you. Mm. Like, you can't. Yeah. It's in, like, it's, yeah, so it's insane. Great. Yeah, that's me. So we've, I think I've pulled out enough time for you, Brent. Yeah, wicked. <laughs> yeah, so I gave up about halfway through. But So my hero is uh, biased as well. I've gone Jack Darling. I think I had him as my villain a few weeks ago. But it was in a game where he had all the potential in the world to annihilate a team because they, I don't think they have a key defender. Mm-hmm. They've got makeshift defenders. Yeah. He took it. Yeah. And he was... Probably West Coast best player on the ground, probably the whole game. So it wasn't it wasn't the sort of Jake Waterman I'll kick three goals in three like we joked about. Mm-hmm. I'll kick three goals in three minutes, and that's a lot of people think that's a good game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like that, that's that you know they'll be they'll be me yeah. cementing my spot for the next yeah. you know <laughs> and he's, and dozen he, games. And it wasn't sort of like oh he only played well when the game was blown open in the third quarter. He played well in the first half yeah. when it was a really close game. Yeah. So he took the opportunity to stand up against a weaker team um, and, you know, sort of bring, build confidence back in himself, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. Josh Kennedy's looking a lot better, but he's still, you might say he's down on form. He still kicks a goal or two every yeah. game, so that's all you really need. Yeah. <laughs> For him, he's down on form. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, most other key forwards would be like yeah I mean I'm in tremendous form I'm, I'm averaging a goal or two a game excellent yeah well normally that's you know the, the decoy forward that you're like oh I'm cool he's kicking 40 goals 40 goals a year yeah mm-hmm. um, but side note about Jack Darling I think he's only played one season where he hasn't kicked 40 goals and that's the season where he only played 10 or 12 games yeah right so he does a good job as the decoy yeah he just goes under the radar not bad yeah, he did well. He was the best player on the ground for me. Yeah. That game. Yeah, for sure. Um, and my villain is uh, has to be Carlton Footy Club. And for the sole reason that they fired the wrong bloke. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I tried desperately to find the list of names. And I couldn't find it. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hard to find, but... Carlton have tried to... Ex- the Carlton board have tried yeah, to just exonerate it from... It. Yeah. <laughs> so, they've, they've done what uh, uh, the Liberal... The AFP did to ABC... Today, yeah. uh, today, they've they've taken all the files and and they've locked it away and you can't touch them otherwise yeah. you get sued. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if anyone is keen, check out the amount of list changes that have happened with Sauce as the list manager since 2014. Who they've given up for what they've gotten in return and draft picks they've gotten up. Yeah, given up for what they've gotten in return since he's been there. He's Brought over 10 GWS players. None of them the stars that have gone everywhere else. It's the ones that GWS didn't want. Yeah. Three Gold Coast players. Which, none of which were ever stars. Yeah. The whole Gold Coast team. And, I mean, no one wants to play for Carlton now anyway, but... No. I think more people actually want to play for Gold Coast than they want to play (laughs) for Carlton. But you sort of look at the list of names that they've given up their future for, and it's... Mitch McGovern, mm-hmm. Caleb Marchbank, Will Setterfield, Lockie Plowman. I'm going to run out of Nick Newman. I'm going to run out of names, but yeah, would you have any of them in your best twenty-two? Who are these people? <laughs> they play for Carl. Yeah, that's, that's a right. tough one. I, I, I reckon North might take. Not them. to mention they gave up pick one, which is it's pick one. Yeah, yeah, for. First round pick from Adelaide. Mm-hmm. I think if you said they, nothing else about Sauce and just said that, like, like there's yeah. half of your argument and right there. He wants to trade this year's first round pick. Yeah. So he's brought over 11, 10 or 11 players that he drafted at GWS that yeah. weren't great. Yeah. And he's doubled down on his decision that, no, I didn't mess up. The first, they're great players. They just didn't fit at GWS. I'll bring them to Carlton. And I think three of them are still there. Yeah, no. 
It's weird for me that it seems everyone externally can see it, but Carlton don't. Yeah, but the, I think the, the issue is when you bring a club legend back. Yes. Yep. Oh, it's they have to do something not impossible. James Heard level wrong. Yeah. To get fired. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Brisbane did it to Voss. Yep. But yeah. I think they all that was that was a guy who never coached game of football and, and, the, and the easy thing with Voss is they could purely base it on win-loss as a coach yeah. whereas with Sauce they can't refer to win-loss because the first point of throwing the axe down is the coach and so yeah. it keeps falling on every coach before it gets to him I think there's only I can only think of twice in like the last 10-15 years where it's actually been successful like having a, a coach or a club some, legend, a club legend back. come back yeah um, Wusher, who never really left, he left for a couple of years, came back as a senior coach, went on the flag, and Buckley. Yeah, it took a very, very long time to win a flag. Yeah, but, 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 I mean, and even then, and got them to a grand final last year. Yeah, which took a little while. But it wasn't sort of. It didn't happen overnight. Like, no, they kept no. him there. Yeah, yeah. And even though they were going backwards, they kept yeah. him there. Well, that's what I mean. Like every other. Any other club legend I can think of, whether it was Voss, Heard, Tavani, um, it doesn't go well, and they just keep it. Uh, Primus as well for Port Adelaide. Uh, it, yeah, it just yeah. It, you could say to a lesser extent Lepage as well for Brisbane, and because it has to get so bad for them to go, it That's ends up being I mean. really sour. Yeah. So what and do it they takes do? Them even longer to rebuild after yeah. the fact. So they, you know, they hired Bolton, and uh, I think they even said this is going to take five years. Hasn't have decided in less than five years. So are they? You wonder if they have a plan at all, and if they did have a plan, is it a long term plan or is it? No, oh, we want to win games mm-hmm. now. Plan, because trading first round picks for essentially nothing, you only give up a first round pick if you think you're not going to need it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we spoke last week. Where did they think they were going to finish this year? They weren't going to be anything outside the top four, no matter how much better they were. Yeah. You look at Brisbane, who were the... Was it, they were 0-9 last year. Yeah. And like we were hyping them up as the best 0-9 team ever. Yeah. yeah. It was Carlton 0-9, and you're like, it's Carlton. Yeah. yeah. And when I mean, Carlton wins, he's not even impressed. You just talk about how bad the other team was. <laughs> I, think even in t- I think even internally, <laughs> they, um, they would have to have said, okay, the like our best finish is like, Somewhere in the middle of the bottom ten, or bottom eight. Yeah, best case. Like yeah, best yeah. case scenario. Surely make, even yeah. internally they were saying. Why would you give that. up a pick? And what? Blo- and pick one of all. What kind of? I don't understand. Is, is everyone's probably seen it? Maybe you haven't about the whole Gary Lyon Chris Judd feud where Gary Lyon's called out Chris Judd because just two weeks ago Chris Judd said categorically Brendan Bolton yep. is safe. Mm. He's not going anywhere. And that's the they're on the Gary path. Line said you're a liar, and then Gary yeah. says you're a liar. Judd starts taking personal, saying it's yeah, oh, ad take advice from someone like Gary Lyon to deflect from actually saying saying, saying anything, that, and I, then says oh, I don't really have like a role at the footy club. Yeah. So how so can how you how comment he, and say it's safe? How can you confirm yeah. that? Yeah, it's and David Leo Gadouche or whatever his name is. It's president. it's it's Gadouche now. Yeah, it is to me. <laughs> he's been there seven eight years, and you look at and apparently fin- he's not the problem. You look at their finishes; they're yeah. just getting worse every year. Yeah, it's funny because the only person that comes out of this looking good was Brendan Bolt. I know. Yeah, because he comes out of it being very positive and loving for. Mm-hmm. For the, the role opportunity. and the club, mm-hmm. and everyone else thinks Carlton are just. Stupid. And it's sort of all year the media are like, "Oh, Brent, surely if they keep losing, Brendan Bolton won't stay." They fire him, and then it's like, "Hang on, look how bad the whole team is." Yeah, from president down. Yeah. So everyone's been not calling for Brendan Bolton's head, but more the conjecture of if they don't get better, he's lost his job. And now that he has, mm-hmm. it's so obvious to everyone that it's not. Yeah. Yeah, the guy's fault. Apparently, according to the Carlton board or the Carlton president in Gadouche, that they a a systemic review of the entire club and the entire board Brandon is Bolton. all is is all of that except for the president himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's above the law apparently. Um, and I like as much as I'm uh, I I'm, don't care about North Melbourne. Sorry, North Melbourne. Um, but I would love it if they actually appointed Brendan Bolton 
and manage to get into like the top four <laughs> next year or something like that. I'd just be that's that's Schadenfreude. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's it. All right, they fired the wrong guy. There's our passionate heroes and villains. Um, another segment that we like to get passionate about when we remember to come up with stuff is captivating questions. <laughs> captivating. <laughs> oh, that's so captivating. So we have a we have a friend that works in in radio mm-hmm. who's I get not promised, but you know, sort of. I can help you do sound bites if you want. So Hayward, take that little clip. That's the sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so who's, who wants to fire off the question? Or maybe I'll start because of what we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, we've lost two coaches. I know Reese Shaw is in for one and David Teague is in for the other um, as interim coaches. Who would you take if you were either of those clubs? If you could take anyone that's... Whether they're available or not, you can go to a team as they've done. Who would you want most of all? Carlton. Clarko. Oh, yes, I was just about to say that. That doesn't... Either either, Clark. Because either way, you're about to find out how good the cattle are. Yes. Because mm-hmm. if anyone... Clarko would be up for the challenge. I think he'd love it. Yeah. And if anyone can make Carlton Great. good real quick, <laughs> yeah. it's Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I think you'd see a lot... I think you'd see a fair few players all of a sudden leaving that club. Again, like yeah, even and more so than Sauce. All of a sudden, Alfred. John Patton will want to play for Carlton or Hawthorne. Uh-huh. Um, or, I've said it to you, and Nathan's very, very happy about it, Ross Lyon. Yeah. Because Ross is very good for four or five years, mm-hmm. and then he either leaves or leaves the club in tatters, which he's done. I, I think, yeah, as you said, he's good for four or five years because he brings this mantra that everyone buys into for a period. And then they get sick of it. And then shit. they're like, we're very robotic. Yeah. It gets to a point where they realise that they've lost all character and yeah. personality and they can't play footy with freedom. Because so, in five years of St Kilda, it took them to I'll say essentially two, three grand finals. Yeah, yeah. But, well, two. But and we'll finals make it two and a half. <laughs> they narrowly missed finals the first year and then finals every year after that. Yes. His first year with Frio, he took them to a prelim or a semi-final? 2012? Uh, Semi. I think, but, I think we lost to Port Adelaide. But we saw it only took four or five rounds for Freo to really click into that Ross Lyon game plan. And all yeah. of a sudden, the whole attitude around the yeah. club changed how quickly. Yeah. yeah. And then they played in the grand final the next year. Mm-hmm. And then it was finals. And then they dropped 2014. And then they were minor premiers 2015. Yeah. And then it was yeah. and then downhill from there. So on cue. Yeah. Yeah. Is just left the... I wouldn't say they're a shambles now, but the last few years it was sort of like what is going on at Freo the robots start to get rusty whereas now the the future is there to be seen at Freo and the plan is there to be seen so they still want Mm -hmm. you can tell they still want to make finals because they're aggressively recruiting Mm. talent but they're not sort of going the Stephen Silvani route and throwing away their future on Jesse Hogan and Rory Lobb yeah exactly cool that's those ones yeah, I think it's probably... Oh, North. Uh, we forgot North. I think but... I think North is pretty dependent on how well Reese Shaw yeah. goes yeah. for this yeah. period. So. Well, that's why I said, like, it, it doesn't matter. Either club would go... I'd go Clarkson, just simply because, like you said, Brent, you would know immediately how good your cattle are. Yeah. It doesn't matter what club he goes to. Yeah, he's that, find out very quickly. He's that good of a coach. Yeah. I, can, I can expect him to get them to at least a semi-final uh, within, like, 18 months. Yeah, for sure. So um, maybe although, and then even for Carlton, I might even go Chris Fagan as well, because he seemed to know how to rebuild up, uh, rebuild a club. Um, um, yeah, just out a bit of cash, eh, to bring the energy yeah. back to a young club. I yeah. think that's yeah, and, or struggling. Now, I'd be interesting. To, it'd be interesting to see if uh, pe- people like um, Jared he- Jared Healy and and um, Gary Lyon start to asking Paul Ruse if he's willing to go to Carlton. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's uh, pretty adamant that he's only wanting to be in kind of a motivational leadership role, not as a coach. Yeah, right. he, he made a good point. He said, no matter whether you lose every week or win every week, you work just as hard, and it's just as draining as a coach. Um, and he doesn't he doesn't really feel like he's fit for that right now. That's yeah. what he says. Fair cool. enough. So, you're the list manager of your club. Oh. <laughs> 
Number oh boy. five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who would you target? I'll show myself out. Who would you target in a mid-season trade period if it was tomorrow? Uh, I would go for Stephen Canelio or Tim Kelly. Not just because they're the two. Could you please? Could you two please stop giving away my answers? Because <laughs> given that they're both from WA, and we desperately need to build our midfield because yeah. um, we're very reliant on David Mundy, who's in his very very late twilight years. <laughs> <laughs> the twilight just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. So Steve or Timmy. Yeah, I I would probably be saying the same thing. Um, because then they can be the Essendon Giants if they go <laughs> yeah. Stevie. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, pretty close to it already. <laughs> um, no, nah, the it's that midfield depth again. And yeah, we're getting some players come through like Parrish and McGrath and um, although they're starting to actually play some really decent games in there. To me, it's not Essendon's depth that's the problem. It's the depth of actual talent. Yeah, in the midfield. Yeah, like yeah, the the, the actual the ta- lack of elite talent. In yeah, the elite talent there. You 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 could argue Happel. There's a lot of very very good players, and I'd say Happel is very very good. Yeah, but Merritt Merritt is the best midfielder. Yeah, and he's more of I'd call him more of an outside midfielder anyway. Um, Shield Shield's the only real one that can that can go in there. Is he injured? Merritt Shield. No, Shield's injured. Yeah, they okay. did his hammy. Yeah, yeah okay, out yeah. for the. Out for I think very close, maybe very an extra. <laughs> no, I think it's only out for another week or so. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't that. That's too long for us. <laughs> yeah, well they're done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they've lost Devin Smith. They've lost Joey Denno. They need they need Dylan Shield back. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I it's it's yeah like you said it's the elite midfield talent that they need in there, so they need a, a Kelly. They need a Candilio. Um trying to think of any other elite midfielders on the table um they don't have to be on the table but yeah take anyone Re- yeah realistically um no I, like, that, that was my answer yeah no we'll, we'll take, any, take elite, any, any elite midfielder isn't that the North Melbourne approach <laughs> yeah. we'll just take anyone well not, not, not anyone anyone elite uh, so you know we'll take we'll take a, a you know a, a Shui or a Gaff as well we'll take a <laughs> We'll take a Fife. We'll take a Dangerfield. Um, take we'll take you know a Sloan. We'll take a couple of Crouch brothers. You know, uh, yeah. All right. How about you, Brent? Um, aggressively, no one because I don't really think West Coast are missing a whole lot. Obviously, their ruck stocks are a bit thin, but Mister Optimist doesn't really. Seem, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really. Well, when your Premiership window is actually open, you don't really need to. Yeah, really target anyone. I mean, getting either one of Canelio or Kelly would still make the team better. Yeah, I think from a West Coast perspective, I would rather Tim Kelly because I think he's more damaging as a forward. And if they add another midfielder, they need midfielders who can be damage damaging forward. And not saying Canelio can't kick goals, mm. but. He'd fit better under Ross Lyon because he can play defence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to add to mine. I'd probably try and get a key forward as well with Danaher out. That was what I was thinking, wouldn't it? Just... Yeah, I would yeah. be getting, like, trying to get someone like Jeremy Cameron or or try and snare John Patton away from Hawthorne and yeah. actually, you know. Because what's better than one key forward who doesn't play? Two. Well, well Johnny, Johnny Patton <laughs> will be back in... After the buy, I think it was. I think, I think something yeah. like that. Um, or he can go to Hawthorne, get patched up, and then come to Essendon. Imagine yeah. how. Imagine how. Um, bionic, bionic knees, and then yeah. come to Essendon. Imagine how good the Giants are going to be when Patton comes in, and they're yeah. already playing. That's well. what was yeah. sort of scary when they're when they're good, and half the time like Ward and Green are. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like two of their Ooh, three most talented players, you'd say. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Next up, question. Well, I'm I'm loaded, so you guys don't have any. I'm happy to take questions. <laughs> yeah, Nathan is currently fielding questions. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather receive than give. Okay. Quite, uh, quite. Uh, so <laughs> semi on topic of questions, right? Coaches and <laughs> yeah. Well, what else would you think? Is, um, Get your mind out of the gutter, son. Is John Worsfold actually in trouble, or are the media merely on a crusade? Uh, it depends on which kind of Essendon fan you ask. Um, 
I well, there's only one here. <laughs> <laughs> one here. We're but... not closet. But... <laughs> yeah. No, there, there's there's a few that because you know I've 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 talked to a few people. I don't I don't care about the people the opinions of the people you've talked to. <laughs> I, I've got one one thought on it. They will be silly to get rid of him at oh, a time him. when Carlton and North are both sourcing a new coach. Yes. Then there's three teams chasing the best coach in the. I still think Wish, I still think Wisher is safe for this year, um, whether or not they make finals. I, I I see it as a bit of a resemblance to uh, 06 Geelong, where they were expected to uh, really push um, for finals and even make a grand final, something like that, and they completely just fell. Um, and. Donald Thompson's job was on the line and all like, you know, and so they were like, no, no, we'll give you another year and mm. look what happened. Um, similar, not exactly the same, but similar to that where there's, ex- there's an expectation at Essendon. It's not quite reaching that. Yeah. He still has another, obviously, you know, you see, he still has another year in his contract, which usually means gone yeah. especially but, if you ask Chris Judd yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, next week but <laughs> he does still have another year in his contract play the, play the waiting game play, be patient see how you go with that net, with the following year if the following year if there's three years of exactly the same thing then you start then you really start mm-hmm. to worry and you really put him under the pump even he said you know first year he came in to the club he had half of his players gone yeah. Yeah. His second. First two second. Years were gimmies, even second. Made yeah. Second year, they all they all come back in, and it's and they have to try and get that chemistry back and know and figure out the game plan and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, it was only yeah, last year, where he had an actual it was like okay now this is like this is my team. The real expectation. The real expectation. So. And this year is kind of going similar to last year, so it's sort of like okay, well, okay, we, we now have, depending, we have a year and a half at the moment of, um, real actual data to go on. Mm-hmm. See what happens for the next half of the season. See what happens, continuing on for next season. If the again, if the same, if the pattern is still there, if the cycle continues, then we look at it but for right here right now yeah the media is sort of jumping at it a little bit and I think it's because you've, it's kind of gone oh well Carton's gotten rid of its coach North got, has gotten rid of its coach what's the next coach under fire well it's got to be John Worsfold let's see if we can get rid of him too alright yes or no can Essendon win a flag with John Worsfold as coach yes no um, yeah no I, I, think... I just think with West with West Coast when it comes to sacking a coach you don't do it because I feel like Carlton's just reacted and be like, we need to get rid of him. We're mm. losing. Um, but in Essendon's situation where they have a team that they can build really on. build on, mm. you only sack your coach when someone is available to take that spot. Mm. Because if you just well, bring yeah. someone else in for the time being because you, you want to get rid of Worstfold, mm. then... You might not go anywhere. Yeah, that's that's when you start really going backwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to me, he's not a great tactician, but he's we all know he's an amazing leader. Yeah, and that's why he was the best person for the job at the time because he had to arrest mm. what had happened to the club. So what's to, what's not to say that you keep him as a senior coach, but actually bring in a tactician? Well, like they already like at the Essendon coaching lineup. They've got an opposition strategist. In there. No, yeah, they will do. What what I would see more likely at Essendon is having a planned like succession. Hmm. Similar to Buckley and Malthouse, but actually Wisher following through with it. So more like so the Sydney Bruce Longmire. Announcing thing. a successor and Worsfold can either stay on as a director. Yeah. To help nurture the club or, you know, it's... Cool, we know you're not going to win a flag, but you were here for a, sp- a specific purpose and that was mm. to help arrest... To get us to this point. To get us yeah. to this point and now we can use that and the foundation you've built mm. with a coach who's going to win us a flag. I don't think he's going to lose his job. Mm. But if he's contracted to next year, mm-hmm. 
unless they all of a sudden the top four and winning a flag they pull I, it out yeah. I think they'll that that's it yeah because mm. he's on his job yeah 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 but it's more on what Essendon's internal expectations so what's like is it purely just like time and the kind and and footy sort of getting away from him a little bit as to why he's not having the same success at Essendon as he did at West Coast to get a vast, vastly superior team at West Coast in terms of that, that didn't and didn't Judd he Kirk Cousins definitely helped. He would. I was going to say Fox, he, yeah. <laughs> but he would have. He would have made that right. Well, it was more. He like there, the uh, the Ken Judge tanking years where they got to stock up on early picks. Chris Judd. <laughs> no, I think. Um, yeah, I don't. I think the game has passed him. And I don't think it's. I can't see them winning a flag with him as a coach. Okay, could you have seen Richmond or Colling... Well, more so Richmond winning a flag before they won a flag with Damien Hardwick? Yes, because you saw... You could see the evidence that was there. And it was the team that were inconsistent. And yes, with Buckley. (laughs) Yeah. I've always liked Nathan Buckley as a coach. Because you could tell straight away that as soon as Malthouse left, he was trying to basically flip the club's attitude on its head so you could tell they were going to go backwards mm-hmm. alright that was well, a long one I think that brings yeah. us to the end of episode one of are we doing the redraft are, are we, we doing that I figured we'd we do, do that it. in part two or part one redraft when do we normally do it part one part one yeah we'll do it now Okay. Grey draft. No, oh, just cut this little bit out. No, that's all right. <laughs> nah, leave it in. Sound bites. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to be doing the redraft of the 2007 draft. Um, oh, I thought it was 2017. <laughs> oh, nice. So, just a reminder, we are doing the top 10 only. Um, this isn't me telling Ben and Brent this; they know this. I'm telling everyone out there oh, we're, doing, we're doing the, the top 10 I players. The whole draft, <laughs> and and we're taking into account that. We're just treating it as if there's no father-son and we're not doing any specific... And essentially as if career's finished yep. tomorrow. And yeah. Yeah. So we're taking all the new draftees and not taking extra picks that have come back into the draft. Um, so who wants to kick us off? This is a ripping first few. Um, well, I went last, so I'll go first. And it's probably less predictable first few than last week. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So I've probably got a controversial pick one. I've already seen it. <laughs> I haven't Is seen it. it. Okay. I'm going to give you a hint. He's a Brownlow medalist. So that's one of... It's narrowed it down. One of two. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's one a flag. It's either a, it's either the captain or... <laughs> yeah. It's Trent. I've taken Trent Coulson and picked one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The main difference for me was... He's a really strong leader on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard... For me, it is hard to separate the two on talent in terms of what they bring. They bring different things. But, to me, oh, you know, you'd happily take both. But yeah. he's a premiership captain. Yeah, yeah. So I'd err on the side of the other one being picked two? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Patrick Dangerfield, two. Uh, not, what did he go? 20 or something? Uh, no, he was picked right. 10. Picked 10. That's still two. Yeah. Too yeah. far. He was, um, that's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember back when he got drafted, I collected his signature draft card, Ooh. which is worth like 400 bucks now. <laughs> Do you still have that? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, no. Um, so pick three, Callan Ward. Yeah. Ah, yep. So, yep. Yep. You'd say Josh Kelly is the most talented giant. Uh huh. And then Ward, Cornelio, Green, that all sort of be tied up in there. It's also the co-captain of the club. <laughs> um, yeah, Cyril with pick four, just because we've seen we've seen Cyril rarely play. Yeah, <laughs> Alex Rand's pick five. Yeah, obvious. Harry Taylor pick six. Yeah, probably obvious. Yeah, I've gone uh, the big boy at seven. Ben McAvoy. Ah uh, yes. So yep. maybe a smoky for the top ten, but I've seen how successful he's been at St Kilda and Hawthorne. As a ruckman, Kay Hooker at eight, got key position player bias. <laughs> yeah. Jack Stephen at nine, 
And I've actually picked Robbie Tarrant at 10. Right. Yeah, right. I think, like Ben Cunnington, he gets the North Melbourne treatment. Mm-hmm. And there's probably few more reliable key defenders mm-hmm. in the comp. It's Agreed. not damaging in attack, but that's not what he's there for. So he goes, flies under the radar, one, because he doesn't, he's not strong offensively, and two, he plays for North Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my 10. So Cochin, like Dangerfield, it. Ward, Cyril, Rance, Taylor, McAvoy, Hooker, Jack Stephen, Robbie Tarrant. So anyone playing along at home, if you if you go back and look at the draft each time we do it each week, you can you can do it for yourselves and just kind of see who who we had to pick from. There's quite a few names in there that yeah. aren't even going to scrape into the top ten. No. Do you want to go? I'll, I'll go. Because yeah. uh, actually, mine's very similar to yours. I reckon <laughs> the actual top ten was a disaster. Yeah. Like yes. It, it was. Yeah. I think it was Patrick Vespremi was up there. Yeah. Um, David Myers. Was David was Myers number was ten. Six. Yeah. Or oh, six. 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 Yes. Uh, Chris Marston was pick three. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, there's there's quite a few in that. I mean, he's a handy player, but he's in not that list. Three. Three. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, he, that's that's a player who peaked when he was getting drafted, and yeah. it's sort of just slowly gone down. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so my pick one uh, is basically just a switch between your two. Yeah. Is Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah. Um. Don't really need to go on as to why. Trent, pick two, Trent Cotchin. Pick three for me was Easton Wood. For the same reasons that Premier Trent Conchin was picked too. I, the only difference between the two, I think, was the the individual skill level. Um, nothing against Easton Wood, though. Uh, pick four, Cullen Ward. Yeah. Um, pick five, Cyril Rioli. Pick six, big boy McAvoy. Seven. You picked him just because you wanted to say that. <laughs> that was half the reason why, yeah. Um, but he's just such a... He, back in the day, he was such a dominant ruckman that even Nick Natanui was afraid of him. Um, pick seven, Harry Taylor. Pick eight, uh, Kyle Hooker. I put Harry Taylor above Kyle Hooker. Because he's better. Well, because he's better and because that was where the whole swingman thing came about and Kyle Hooker just sort of rode the coattails of Harry Taylor. Um... And to be honest, Kyle Hooker is not as good a swingman as Sarah Taylor. No. Um, stay in defence, mate. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> pick nine, Taylor Walker. Yep. Oh, gross. Uh, pick, but I, I, I was, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of arguing myself on that one. We just I, ranted last week about how average he is. <laughs> yeah, no. I think it's, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that one. Um, anyway, your draft. Yeah, I, I'm, I am sort of deciding whether I should have had. Pick ten is my pick nine. Um, a pick ten, Jack Stephen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So anyone uh, who doesn't know, the pick one in this draft was Matthew Cruiser. That's not my pick one, but that was the person that. Yeah, we who one. probably at the time was. Yes. Was the unanimous number yeah. one. And pick. were it not for injury, but if you look at his. If, it, if it were not for injury, who knows? This yeah. Sort of like Harley Bennell. Yeah. Would have like won the last four Brownlows. But Cruiser's had. What, two good seasons and his body's just... Mm-hmm. You can't pick him. Yeah. yeah. And Kyle Morton went pick four. Yeah, Kyle Morton. Jared Grant at five. That's just... And yet, I think... Cruz, I tried to make think, a case for Jared Grant, but I couldn't. I think Cruiser was the only Carlton player who really tried last week. In that he actually... because yeah, he knows beat, this is it. He beat Bell Chambers, so... All right, so mine is very much like your first two guys. First three, probably. Dangerfield at one, Cochin at two. Hard to split them, really. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a reason, but Danger's just that bit more explosive. Um, Callum Ward at pick three. Yeah, right. So, pick four, I had Alex Rance. Ugh. So See, that that's my reaction to you, mine <laughs> to Taylor Walker for you. So, I, I was thinking about if I wanted to pick a key position player, I want Alex Rance, and that's probably why... Oh. Yeah. I will get a certain player later on in the list. Yeah, that's that. I can't agree with that, but go on. Sorry, it's your list. <laughs> I think that half the league will disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I only had him at five, so I clearly don't rate him as high as Nathan does. I don't rate him at all, but go on. So, um, Highly overrated. Pick five was Jack Stephen. Yeah. Um, given where he plays, I think he's done well. Pick six was Cyril. Um, that was enough said. It was hard to leave yeah. him that late, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Pick seven was Harry Taylor. Uh, I think 
just because it's been so long, it's you kind of forget about how much of an impact he was and how he's still playing so well. Um, he's still their centre-half back in a team that's the stingiest defence in the league. He's so selfless as well. Like When they s- started using him as a swing man, it wasn't necessarily out of, oh, you're actually a really good centre-half forward. It was like, holy crap, we just need someone to take a mark in the fourth line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, pick eight, I actually went with Taylor Walker on the fact that I couldn't find another Thank key you. forward in this list <laughs> Thank you. that actually kicks 40 to 50 goals a year. Yeah. Um, so I thought someone's got to pick a forward in this list. And, and you the gotta, fact that he kicks 50 goals. Because, and you've got to remember, his field kicking is can't, like is on point, um, especially when, like, you know, three, four years ago. It, mm. was, in, it was insane. No one could kick a better 50-metre bomb than him and it wasn't even a bomb it was like a just a pure drop punt I got pick nine Robbie Tarrant which yeah. you've already explained why and he doesn't get doesn't get noticed enough and similarly for the same team Scotty Thompson um, yeah, I thought about got him as pick ten That's, I thought about yeah. having the, um, yeah. the North Cornella at the end but yeah I, I actually thought with um, Taylor Walker part of it that probably won me over was the p- fact that he went pick 75 yeah, that, I, that like, I saw that. I saw yeah. that right at the end. It was like, because he was New South Wales. Yeah, yeah. Probably no one ever saw that actually. <laughs> I, saw, I saw NSWSP and I went, well, I know what three of those five abbreviations <laughs> mean. I don't know. Yeah, yeah so that's our, that's our draft. Um, pretty similar, but there's still some. You didn't take Hooker? No. Yeah. No. I, I had. Um, you took Scotty Thompson instead. Yeah. yeah. I had Carol Hooker, Lockie Henderson, and Brad Ebert as. Oh, and Levi Greenwood as like. They were all top ten. The four yeah. actual drivers. Yeah. The four missing out for my. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I had Scotty Thompson as like pick 11, 12. Yeah. Like just yeah. missing. Yeah, it was hard. It was pretty much from eight onwards. Got really, from yeah. one to seven, I was pretty happy. And from yeah. eight onwards, it was. Dilute who's going to gonna, <laughs> who's gonna win me over? Yeah. Um, Okay, that's top, that, now that's the end of the first <laughs> the first part of episode 15. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for what was a good heroes and villains session, very passionate session, our redraft of the 2007 draft. And please join us for part two in a matter of hours or minutes, if you're going to click straight on it, um, where we're going to talk about a few different things. Um... But <laughs> they're not Carlton. Maybe. Are they playing this week? Uh, I they... don't believe... No, they are. They are. They're playing Brisbane. So, so get, get ready for another 20-minute Carlton round, my friend. <laughs> so we're going, going to we're going to talk about these six games coming up. We'll also list our, I guess, uh, halfway mark All-Australian defenders. We'll give our previews and we will go through Brave and Stupid. So join us on the other side. <laughs>